1: life's a little sweeter here on dazed and infused welcome 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 back to a great episode of dazed and infused i'm really 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 stoked to have Leganda Strange here welcome to the show
0: thank you so much for having me i'm excited to be joining you
1: well it's really nice to have you here as i said earlier uh, my daughter who is 19 at college she was amazed and super stoked to find out that I was interviewing you today because she followed RuPaul's Drag Race all the way through, and she loved you. And so very, very happy to have you here. Thanks for being here.
0: Well, hey, if I can get a uh, dad or mom some extra props from their kids, I'm all for it. I love it.
1: You just made me so cool. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> very nice. Um, so I, first I'm going
1: to say, When I was doing research on you, I did um, I watched your whole interview with uh, Joseph Shepard from start to finish. So this interview is not about that stuff because he is so good and he covered everything in that hour. It was amazing. And he did a great job. So if you are listening to this and you want to see a great doc, basically a documentary on your life, look look that up with Joseph Shepard. It was amazing. And it's a great bio piece. I'm I'm sure you were very pleased with that.
0: Yes, I'm very grateful for anyone who continues to tell my story post-Drag Race. You know, so many people know me from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 6, where I first, you know, made it onto an international stage doing the art form I love, known as drag or female impersonation. Right. And, uh, you know, I just feel, um, like, really grateful that I've been able to grow and I've had others such as yourself who share my story and share where I'm at now, seven almost 10 years later, actually.
1: Yeah, quite a different trajectory at this point. Um, I But before we get into that, let's start off with the question I ask everyone. What's your historical relationship to cannabis and how did you come to cannabis?
0: Sure, well, I started smoking when I was around 18 years old in Dallas, Texas, which is where I'm from. And it was because of a mm-hmm. girlfriend of mine, Lauren Glenn, who told me that it would help me be more creative, when it came to our rehearsals and choreography. So right away, I was introduced to the plant as medicinal, although those were not the words she used. And uh, for me, you know, I really didn't begin taking my relationship serious with cannabis until about my junior year of college when I injured myself during a dance piece. And it was actually my chiropractor here in California that told me I should use my medical rights and Proposition 215 to medicate with cannabis. And that's when I really, you know, began to do my research and began to realize how much more the plant had to offer me.
1: Right on. Well, that's a great, I mean, that's how I kind of came to cannabis full-time was when I was involved in a um, traffic accident when I was rear-ended on the freeway.
0: Yeah, it's amazing for pain management. You know, I, I really am so grateful that I began to see, like I said, the many different ways that the plant could help me
1: yeah so um well if, if people are listening to this and they're they're watching this you're a dancer at heart and the rupaul's drag race was just a, an avenue for you to get out there get your persona get your brand built basically right but what i discovered through my research is you you're a, a true dancer like a, a, a an artist at heart and i i I don't think enough people really know that, and that's really fascinating to me. That I've seen still pictures of you, which are amazing, by the way. Thank you. you go over your photographer is, has been Robert Heyman is and, probably one of the um, ones you've seen. Shout it out, good. Yeah, and um, but the drive and focus that comes with being a dancer at your level is pretty incredible. I mean. On stage with, especially RuPaul's Drag Race, it looked a little campy at times, but that's drag, sure. right? Um, and But there's so much, the intricacy of dance and the choreography is amazing. And that's something that I think everyone needs to know. This isn't just like, get up there and play act. This is all choreographed, this is all sculpted. And when you did the big um, dip, as it's now, as you correctly corrected Joseph on, that move, incredibly complex, hard to do. And I'm sure it beats the shit out of your body.
0: That it does, that it does. But you know, I'm just so grateful that I speak the universal language of dance. As someone who's traveled the world, you know, it doesn't matter where I go, when I do the dip, I get a reaction. And that's a that's a real gift to be able to speak something that everyone understands, which is the body, the, the movement of the body. So for me, um, I absolutely have worked very hard to, Broaden people's horizons of what kind of artist I am. You know, I was on So You Think You Can Dance season 15 as Laganja and then season 16 as myself. And I've also continued to choreograph for stars like Miley Cyrus and Brooke Candy. And currently I'm working on a uh, sponsored ad by McDonald's where I'm directing, choreographing, singing and starring in. So I'm very excited that more and more people are discovering the fact that I am a true artist and that drag is just one of the many mediums I express myself in. And I hope that I continue on with the trajectory that I'm on because I've always dreamed of being a choreographer first and foremost. That's been my main passion since coming from musical theater at a very young age. So I hope it's something I am able to continue to do and hopefully a lot more commercials coming soon
1: yeah so w- with respect to being an artist um and a dance artist is a, your long-term goal as you get older right are, are you, is your goal to have your own studio like a real studio like alvin ailey or martha graham or something like that to really expand on the art form and spread your message to more more people apart from just the drag scene
0: Well, I love your references. If I could have a company like Martha Graham, yes, I would love that. Um, That's someone that I, you know, I didn't train under her, but I trained under her technique, the Graham technique. Um, So I do kind of come from an old school, modern contemporary uh, background. And absolutely, that is my dream. Although I think mine will look a little bit more like Twyla Tharp, if you're familiar with her work, which crossed over into Broadway. Um, because I do think my work has uh, drag sensibility. It's over the top, it's wild. And while I love contemporary dance, I think absolutely by the time I have my company, I will use the education that I've received as a drag artist in the work that I create. So I'm absolutely going to do that. That's my main goal in life. I'm just trying to take advantage of the fact while I'm young, uh, being a performer and being able to do all of these crazy moves that I do where I jump off stage and the splits and all kinds of crazy things, um, because eventually, yeah, I would like to sit in the director's chair and make someone who's much younger and sprier than me do it over and over.
1: I have seen old videos of Martha Graham out there at a very advanced age doing moves. I mean, it's incredible stuff. And for you younger people out there who are listening to this podcast and you don't know who we're talking about, look up Martha Graham or Diana uh, or uh, Alvin Ailey or many, many amazing dancers, including people like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, you know, somebody who's like gone by the wayside that because it's like, oh, it's black and white. I don't want to watch it. Well, get out there and watch it fucking fantastic.
0: I think luckily Fred and Ginger might still be a little bit more relevant than say a Martha Graham or Alvin Ailey or Paul Taylor or Lamone or Horton or I know lots of dance names because I studied dance history in college and it's something that's very important to me because you know we've gotten into this idea of contemporary dance which is basically the melding pot of many different styles which I think is great but there's something to be said about knowing your history knowing where you come from and you know admiring, loving, respecting the greats, right? We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for their struggles.
1: Yeah, I'm really happy you mentioned Twyla Tharp too. I mean, it's like- we've, She's amazing. Just, well, you've just named all the the grandparents of dance, you know, really. To mom. Except
0: my favorite choreographer, who's Bob Fosse.
1: Bob Fosse, oh, well, there you go. There you go.
0: My favorite.
1: And, you know, Fred Astaire always said that, um, who was it? He always said Gene Kelly. Was a better dancer than him. And I know that's a very old reference for you people at home, but that was Fred Astaire saying that. And that's big.
0: Yeah. So that's Gene Kelly was amazing. And Gene Kelly's partner was.
1: I can't remember.
0: I should know this.
1: Ugh. I'm counting on you to remember this.
0: Margot. Uh, oh, it's been uh, a while been, since I was his It'll pop in your head films, in a but, second. But, <laughs> but yes, it probably will, exactly, as we're talking.
1: So, okay. so, taking the dance into account, taking drag into account. What I've noticed mainly about you, why is your style sense so much higher than other drag artists? Your style sense is amazing and that's coming from me and you know I'm a big guy, you know, I'm a regular old dude, right? But I have this passion. My passion is I follow designers and I love documentaries on designers. I love their passion on I love their drive. Like Valentino or Austin or Yves Saint Laurent or um, Dior or De- Diana uh, Vreeland or Versace, which you have, I think, in back of you there. And look, <laughs> exactly. I got my Versace I'm, watch I'm on. i
0: my Gucci. There yes. you
1: go. And, and people like in supporting roles. Oh, and don't forget Alexander McQueen, of course. I mean, shit, course, that's amazing. Genius but then you've got the support crew like guys like bill cunningham who brought out the photographic reference to fashion why is it that your level is it because you have the education of dance and fashion in your background that you elevate you're much more fashionable than a lot of the other drag artists i'm sorry if you were listening to this you're a drag artist, but that's my feeling
0: well first off thank you for saying that because um I mean, I guess I wouldn't consider myself to be one of the most fashionable drag queens. When I think of that, I think of Violet Tchotchke or Miss Fame, who uh, are able to afford, well, real Gucci, A, mm. and B, have a lot of stylists and designers at their disposal. But that being said, I've always tried to, as an Estranja, someone who's bringing the strange to the table, have a different take on art. And I think one of the reasons that maybe I stand out to you is probably my work, that I mentioned earlier with Robert Heyman, who is Mm -hmm. my best friend and longtime collaborator. And he comes with a lot of knowledge that I didn't have and that he has taught me and references that I was too young to know or too ignorant to know. So I think a lot of it comes from the fact of, like you said, that I'm educated, that I did come from a past of dance education, but that more so I've sought out more education the older I get, because I think it's important that we are constantly learning at all times. So big, huge shout out to Robert. He's been an amazing friend and an, amaz- and, an, and an even more amazing collaborator.
1: Okay. Well, shout out to Robert. Thank you very much for saying that. Um, I'm a photographer on the side. So if you ever want to look at great photos that I've taken, look up lathamwoodward.com and you'll find my photographic references there.
0: All so, right, all right, I see you.
1: So um, I came to drag in 1989, my wife now, and I were in Spain, we were in Madrid and some friends of ours um, at as typical in Madrid, we went out at 11 at night and we ate dinner sure. and then at 130 we went to the I think it's the Plaza Mayor and we were very surprised to see a, an amazing drag show like a two hour extravagant fricking ganza of drag. Um, well choreographed well done are you familiar with the drag movement in Madrid because that's where I first really kind of was exposed to it
0: unfortunately I've been to many many places but that's one of the few I have not been
1: it was quite surprising considering to me the machismo culture in Spain to see this um, in the middle of the night in this the the park there in Madrid and it was amazing I mean I have to say it was amazing sounds fun well, maybe it's still going on, so you you haven't lost your chance. So um, exactly, I want to go to a little more social thing because I watched um, your video "Look at Me," and I also followed it through to the end and did read all of your your pleas to Americans in the judicial system about people of color and incarceration. And to me, this is a personal um thing too i've had andrew d'angelo on i haven't had steve on yet but talking about the last prisoner project and obviously it's something you have a passion for where did you get that passion for wrongly incarcerated especially people of color and people for weed well crime. i think
0: i think anyone who smokes weed illegally open in the free uh wilderness and the free air whatever it's called uh should be concerned about those who are still in jail I just think it's human nature it's just we should care for our brothers and sisters and mm-hmm. i think specifically for me as a queer person you know if it wasn't for black and brown trans brothers and sisters fighting for my rights to sit at a table that i was already sitting at i i wouldn't i wouldn't even you know have rights let, let alone be able to smoke cannabis so for me it's just such a passion because it's important to me. It's important to me to not only recognize the past and the fight that my community fought for, but to recognize the future and the fact that there's still a lot more work to be done. And as someone with a platform who is white and very privileged, it's important to me. It's important to me that I spread goodness, that I spread education, kindness, um, and of course, that starts with me. You know, which kind of brings you back to the when you were saying "Dip" earlier, and Hyde corrected Joseph, and you know, so I'm not perfect. I make mistakes all the time even in the cannabis industry with all the good that I try to do, you know, sometimes I, you know, maybe I'm promoting a company that doesn't really align with my morals and I didn't know. So I'm still making mistakes all the time, but I am trying my best as an influencer, as an artist, and just as a human being to do what's right. And, you know, especially with the BLM movement and what we saw, you know, clearly it's not just in the cannabis industry, there's racism everywhere in every system. So, there's a lot yeah. to fight for. And I obviously do focus on the prisoners that are you know, incarcerated because of cannabis. But again, I just wanna point out that there's so much work to be done. So whether you're not in the cannabis community or in the queer community, there's definitely a way that people can be fighting and more importantly, educating themselves so they can educate those around them.
1: Well, well said. Um, just so everyone doesn't think we're like making something out of nothing, yesterday, um, black man was um, put away for life in Mississippi for one ounce of wheat yesterday. And I'm going to stamp this and say it was May 13th, 2021. A man is put away for life for having one ounce of weed. This is bullshit. This has to be changed and it has to be changed now. And if you're thinking that, oh, he was a three striker. Yeah, he was, but nonviolent three striker, um, one ounce of wheat come on i smoked that in a month that's ridiculous in a month i
0: smoked that in two days
1: (laughs) i didn't tell you everything else i did (laughs) but i mean it's just it's ridiculous and so
0: and was he a person of please if
1: you're at home yes of course you know and disproportionate penalty for his his crime and i'm putting air quotes in there if you're not watching this um it's just it's really fucked up and that's all i can say it's It's fucked up and we speak French here on this show. You can swear all you want. Um, Right now, I'm just gonna do a little break here and talk to you about Sugies, S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S, the sweet, sweet take anywhere treat, agave, sugar, and now in Stevia, which we make every day here and we in imbe- vibe in every day. And it's a delicious five milligrams of THC per packet. And we are a pourable agave coming down the pike and we have the home baker bag, 100 milligrams of THC in eight ounces of sugar. So buy that Betty Crocker recipe of brownies at the market and dump one of our bags in. And um, that looks good. What are you having there?
0: Oh, this is lost, uh, our video. lost our video. Lowell Farms. There. Sorry. This is some low Lowell Farms Full Melt Pink Lemonade Hybrid Concentrate. And I'm using my gorgeous Candy Pins rig, <laughs> which, That's if you pretty use cool. code Laganja25, you get 25% off all your purchase. It's pretty great. Shout that out again. What's the name of it? This is Candy Pins. They make rigs, pipes, pieces. And if you use code LAGANJA25, you'll get 25% off.
1: Right on, okay. And a shout out to my buddy, (laughs) Lucas Seymour, who now has joined Lowell Farms and now um, he's part of the family over there. So Lucas, if you're listening to this, just a shout out to you, man. Um, With respect to your personal journey in cannabis, where, where do you want to be in three years, let's say? Let's just make it short term. Three years. Where do you want to be with the, within the cannabis industry as an influencer or owner or a developer of product lines? Where, where do you think you want to be in cannabis?
0: I'd like to have my own brand with dispensary and lounge. Hmm. Oh, so be I just need a couple million dollars and I can do it.
1: There's somebody out there listening to this right now who's going to get behind you, I'm sure.
0: And they'll make a couple million more, so that's right.
1: Let's go. Right on. Um, Now, I do know that you were recently a judge on Chop 420 uh, with Ron Funches. Ron has been on the show, and I have to shout out my friend Chef Jen. Yes. And did you meet Chef Jen and Jeff the
0: 420
1: chef? Um, Chef Jen, as in Jen Choi. No, Jen from San Diego. she wasn't I'm not part mm, of your I don't crew know. there.
0: I don't think so. No.
1: Okay. That's cool. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> but I love Ron. Ron is amazing.
1: Ron was a great interview and what a nice, nice guy. He what a fabulous person he is. I loved it.
0: Very genuine.
1: Oh, and then as far as um drag as an art form. Is it getting bigger, smaller? Is it condensing? Is it diverging into different subsets of drag? Where, where do you think drag is going?
0: Well, I absolutely think it's getting. But I absolutely think it's getting bigger. I mean, look at Chop Four Twenty. I was the only, you know, drag contestant or artist to be on that stage with Michelin Stars. Char- Michelin. Now I am stoned (laughs) Michelin star chefs, you know, so uh, I think that that was huge. And that's why that was such an honor to me as someone who's been fighting for visibility in the cannabis industry for over the last 10 years to, you know, be selected to be one of those judges. That was so incredible. And uh, I think more and more opportunities like that are happening every day. In fact, I'm doing a commercial right now sponsored by McDonald's where I'm directing, choreographing, singing, and starring in it. So, you know, I think absolutely drag is growing. I think absolutely we are mainstream. Um, You know, drag merchandise is sold in Hot Topics. So we're here to stay.
1: Right on. That's great. I mean, I definitely think it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, Camp has always been big, you know. That whole, you know, the genre of camp and over-the-top is neat. And right now, especially since we're about to enter the next – Version of the Roaring Twenties, our our twenty twenty two version. I think we're going to see some crazy ass shit coming this year. I mean, it's going to get off the hook because people deserve it at this point. You know, this whole thing that we've been going through in the last year just sucks ass. So we'll, we're going to come into some news. Yeah, yes. Um, So it's coming to that part of this interview where I'd like to hear a stony story from you. And it can be about anybody, including yourself or a friend or someone who can remain nameless or a family member. What's a great stony story for us?
0: Well, I must admit to you, you know, I get high every day. So every day is a stony story. But if I had to tell one of my favorite stories, it would be back in the beginning um, when I was getting medicated in college. And probably over well, not probably, I was absolutely over medicating. And I would do the gas mask. If you've ever seen one of the gas masks that's like connected to the bong that you hit. Yeah. I was obsessed with that thing back then. So I had hit that one good morning um and gone to ballet class and basically was so stoned that when i poured abroad forward which means like to bend forward i I sort of toppled i lost balance i toppled forward and fell over and immediately told the teacher that i wasn't feeling good and tried to play it off and she let me leave class and so i went back to my car And I thought that I would just be able to drive home, but I was seriously so baked that I ended up listening to Grey Gardens, the musical (laughs) and crying um, before I drove home and then came back later that day for my other classes. So, yeah, that was a that was a good time. I must admit, I don't really get that high anymore. I mean, I take dabs to the face and I can still go out there and do my full routine. So. You know, it's that's why I'm saying it's hard to have a stony story these days, because now it's like as funny as like, I lost my keys. I can't remember what I just ate, you know, but back in the day, definitely used to get so stoned, crazy, crazy fun things would happen.
1: Okay, the funniest part of that story was there's a Grey Gardens, the musical. I did not know that.
0: Oh, it's wonderful. Two peas in a pod is my favorite musical number from that. (laughs)
1: Okay, I'm going to have to look this up now. Um, what what projects are you working on right now? What do you want the people at home to know about? And um, let's shout it out. What do you want to plug?
0: Absolutely. Well, I just dropped a single on 420 called Hype Man. So definitely check that out and check out the music video, which is directed and styled all by Robert Heyman. And uh, check out our Patreon. Robert and I are doing season two of Muse Me. If you want to watch season one, you can watch it for free on my YouTube or by the way, there's a lot of dance videos if you're needing more dance from Laganja. And then stay tuned for the next single that'll be dropping in the summer called Daily Basis. Lots more things coming. The best way to stay in touch with me is on my Instagram at Laganja Estranja or on my website where you can get all my exclusive merch. That's right, I make clocks, pillows, T-shirts, hoodies, you name it. It's there, which is just Laganja
1: right on. Well, I will give you a follow, you can follow me at days and And you can follow me at Papa Shuggie. Or you can follow me at days underscore infused. Um, obviously Shuggies to Shuggies that Sugie's feeling on Instagram. So please, they're my company and we appreciate anybody's support who wants to buy our sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. Um, Laganja, what a pleasure to have you here. And um, I wanted you to know that I do have an event license here in California you're on my shortlist to get you an appearance at any event I do now that uh, we're coming out of this shit era, we're going to have some events. So I will keep you shortlisted. Absolutely. um, We would like to get you some of our products and we'll do that in a legal fashion. So we'll be sending something over to you. Um, I am in West Hollywood almost every single week. So I will look you up at some point. And it's been a pleasure having you here on Days
0: and Infused absolutely thank you so much for having me and i look forward to the sweet treaties
1: you got it and then have a great night tonight in long beach
0: thank you so much absolutely
1: okay it's been a pleasure and that's it for tonight with la ganja this show brought to you by shugies s-h-o-o-g-i-s at shugies.com the sweet sweet take anywhere treat look for us in a dispensary near you that's it for tonight bye-bye